0: Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray, and you're listening to the Tennis Podcast. <laughs>
1: Hello and welcome to The Tennis Podcast brought to you in association with The Telegraph. This is the first of the daily tennis podcasts you will be receiving throughout Wimbledon 2016. Joining me is David Law and Simon Briggs, The Telegraph's tennis correspondent. We've learnt a few things since our last podcast was brought to you on finals day of the Queen's Club, obviously the day of Andy Murray winning that historic fifth title there. We've had Dominika Sibylkova winning in Eastbourne. We've had Steve Johnson winning in Nottingham. And we've had world number 775, Marcus Willis, earning a place in the main draw of Wimbledon through qualifying. We've also had the draws, haven't we, David and Simon? Who wants to start with the draws? What have we learnt from them?
2: Well, I I think the draws were were fascinating in as much as I got what I wanted to see. uh, Number one thing, which was Milos Raonic in the quarterfinal segment of Novak Djokovic. Because that is a match that I've I've wanted to see for a while. I think I said at the start of the year that I could imagine at some point, even though he's only ever won one set against Djokovic, at some point Raonic has the sort of game and self-belief that will carry him to very... Nearly, if not actually, knocking out Novak Djokovic from one of these big tournaments. Grass is the best possible chance I think he has to do that. And I'd be very surprised if they don't end up meeting in the quarterfinals here. I do feel that having seen that final at Queen's when he really... I don't, it maybe seems a little bit harsh to say should have beaten Andy Murray, but it feels like he should have beaten him from a set and three love up. I think he feels he should have beaten him. He actually said, I hesitated. And I think Andy Murray kind of made him hesitate with his game. That made me think, well, actually Novak Djokovic would probably do that to you as well in as much as I could imagine him having success and then eventually Djokovic just finding enough ways to decode that serve to to get by him but I'm really pleased that he's in that segment so that we're likely to get that match there's some cracking first round matches Svetlana Kuznetsova against Caroline Wozniacki Andy Murray appears to have not too bad a draw Roger Federer's back in a tennis draw big grand slam draw isn't that nice to see but anyway here we are sitting on the on the roof next to court Eight overlooking henman hill and it is not raining so you know life's good
1: at the moment not raining at the moment just to run you quickly through we'll deal with the women's draw separately in a moment just to run you through what would be the projected round of 16 matches in the men's draw we would in theory have Novak Djokovic against David Ferrer, David Goffin against Milos Raonic, Roger Federer against Gilles Simon, Marin Cilic against Kaina Shikori. those would be the top half round of 16s in the bottom half we'd have Dominic Thiem against Thomas Burdick we'd have Roberto Bautista Agut against Stan Wawrinka, Richard Gas Skate against Joe wilfrid Songa and Nick Kyrgios against Andy Murray. Simon, who has this draw worked out best for?
3: Oh, it's another cracker for Murray. I mean, he had a fantastic draw at the, at the French Open and let's be honest, he cocked it up. I mean, he spent five hours on the court in the first two rounds, which cost him the real chance to compete with Djokovic at the end of it. He did get through. He should have got through faster. Like, OK, I'm being harsh, but That's the bottom line from Roland Garros, and that's the message his team, and particularly the man who's arrived since Roland Garros, Ivan Lendl, will be saying to him, let's not muck about, because you could not have landed a better draw. Okay, there is one potential stumbling block there. His name is Nick Kyrgios in the fourth round, but A, Andy's beaten him in the other three slams in the last 18 months, and B, I'm not sure Kyrgios will beat Stepanek in the first round.
1: Well, that's a cracker of a first-round match, isn't it? It's one of the many, I think, that stands out. There's a few second-round matches, I think, that stand out as well as potentially Stan Wawrinka against Juan Martín Del Potro. We actually uh, had a hashtag going on the tennis podcast this week. When I saw the draw, I thought, and just to bring you a few interactions from our tennis podcast listeners, what they thought when they saw the Wimbledon draw. Uh, we have Vicky Spreadbury says Murray and Gasquet are scheduled to meet for what feels like the hundredth time, but it isn't. We have Ali at Emerald two two nine, James Ward very very unlikely to defend his third round points from last year and will take a big hit in the rankings and Pliskovite says oh Laura and a big crying face presumably referring to Laura Robson we will come back to that we'll come back to the women's draw because it's not a good one for Laura Robson coming back Simon to Andy Murray A really interesting article from you you in The Telegraph this week about Ivan Lendl and his approach to coaching Andy this time around and him saying it is absolutely nothing to do with the technical side of things. He has no intention of changing anything technical in Andy Murray's game. Rather, it's about the tactical and the mental side of things. Tell us a little bit more about what you learned from Ivan.
3: Yeah, Ivan was unusually blunt about this. Well, maybe unusually the wrong word because Ivan's blunt about pretty much everything. But maybe surprisingly for those of us who are used to tennis players dealing in evasions and sort of uh, half-truths, Ivan just came out and said, I suck at technique, I can't do it. Even when I work with my 17-year-olds who I help for the US Tennis Association, I demand that they send me someone who can really break down a swing because I might be able to see what's wrong with it, but I've got absolutely no idea how to fix it. So we um, kind of guessed that his primary input wasn't that sort of input, but he really spelled it out, and it's clear that what he is trying to do, he used the phrase groove Andy's game a couple of times. It's really just about going out on the practice court, hitting forehands. We talked about this at Queen's, I know I said at Queen's all about the forehand with Yvonne, and just making sure that Murray will, does not do what he is so prone to do and go out and soft pedal the forehand in the
1: early rounds. David, do you agree?
2: Yeah, that forehand, I, I think I can see where Lendl's coming from. And there was a clear difference in the years that he was with Andy Murray to the rest of his career. He has been a little bit indulgent, I would say, on the forehand side. It has been just part of his repertoire of strokes to play very pretty rallies to finish in all manner of ways against all manner of opponents, but against the very best players. When Lendl was there, he would go out and just bully and dominate. And even against Federer and Djokovic, he would go out with that intention. And that is a clear departure that has happened in the, the years that he hasn't been with, with Andy Murray. And you could see it immediately at Queen's, particularly the cross-court forehand. He leans into it and he tries to just take you on. And... I can see that that is just Lendl-esque. That is the way Lendl used to play the sport, and and yes, Andy Murray doesn't need to be taught how to play tennis. He perhaps needs to be just guided about how to approach it.
1: Just to clarify, Murray's projected draw through to, well, a potential final. Of course, he seeded to reach the final. It'd be Liam Brody round one, Jensen Liu were a qualifier round two, Benoit Paire round three, Nick Kyrgios, that potential corker round four. But as Simon says, tough first round draw for Kyrgios. Gasquet quarterfinal, Vavrinka semi final. I have my question marks about whether Sam Vavrinka will get there, and then Novak Djokovic in the final, which brings us on to Djokovic. What do we make of Novak Djokovic's draw?
2: I think uh, early on, it's um, it's it's absolutely fine. I don't. I mean, James Ward is is a good player, but he's not the sort of player I think who can really hurt Novak Djokovic. Uh, I, I think um, in the second round it could be Kyle Edmund, couldn't it? But Edmund hasn't got the easiest uh, uh, draw in the world against Adrian Manorino. I, I don't think these are players that could actually knock out Novak Djokovic really. And and if you look all the way through, Sam Querrey, a potential uh, third round. Um, Or Lucas
1: Russell.
2: Yeah, or Lucas Russell, but I just don't see it. I don't see anybody causing Djokovic any real danger until he gets to the fourth round, Um, or or certainly until the the quarterfinal is probably the more likely. And then it gets interesting. I mean, last year when he faced Kevin Anderson and he went two sets to love down, that's the sort of tennis I think that Raonic could bring against him. It'll be interesting to see what sort of groove Djokovic has got himself into because he has only played two sets of tennis since the French Open, two exhibition sets. Now, I know he does that every year at the Boodles. That is what he does. But one of the matches that he was due to play, he couldn't play because of the rain or he chose not to play because it was too much of, uh, frankly, a hassle, I think, for him to interrupt his schedule to, to play when it was raining or to try to play. And so... I don't know whether the, any of this will be any different. I mean, he's, a, he's been to the final of the French Open before and it hasn't affected him. He's never won it before. So we don't know what that euphoria and come down back to normality will do to him, do for him. might make him even better. You know, <laughs> it's possible. But I think he needed the break, but I think he he does come in a little undercooked. The thing is, though, because it's best of five and because those first few rounds, I think, are relatively they're not too worrisome for Novak Djokovic I think he'll probably play his way in I think he'll get a shock though when he faces Raonic and that'll be a real tussle
1: what do you Simon make of the fact that Djokovic has barely played at all I know he's proven that he doesn't need to play a warm-up tournament officially an official warm-up tournament in order to become a Wimbledon champion but he's played even less grass court tennis than he would normally if uh, is that for you an irrelevance
3: yeah, I think that is an irrelevance for me, but I agree that his energy levels are an interesting topic because this is a guy who's fueled himself for three or four years now on, on completing his career Grand Slam. He's done it, so he's going to have to um, reset his sights. Having said that, look, there's a bit on the table for him this year. He could uh, be ending 2016 with a Golden Slam, <laughs> as far as we can say. So there's plenty to keep him going. I mean, it's just interesting to see how he'll respond, I, I think, um to that uh, that long-held ambition having been released at last?
1: Well, there are, gen- generally speaking, most people seem to consider, besides Djokovic, the other three really genuine contenders for the title, Milos Raonic, Roger Federer and Andy Murray. And Djokovic, in theory, would have to play all three of those if he is to defend his title here. But what I just said uh, assumes that Roger Federer is a genuine contender for his title. Discuss, David and Simon.
2: Well, so much depends just simply on the Federer physique, doesn't it? Because it's been letting him down all year. I, I do love his quote uh, that, that I've I've been using this back for eighty-eight titles worth, and and it's done me pretty well so far. Um, so
1: that, that silenced the room. I'm 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 guessing.
2: Yeah, and um, look, Federer, if he if he is physically okay, he can play his way into form. No question about it. And and when you look at his draw, uh, I mean, he could have that fascinating second round match against uh, the British qualifier, Marcus Willis, if uh, if he were to get by Ricardo sparankis I don't think Guido Payer, even though he's done well on grass of late, I don't see him hurting Federer if Federer's anywhere close to, to, to decent form. Alexander Dolgopolov has been injured of late. Guilherme Monfils and Gilles Simon are, are in the, the section for the fourth round. And and then after that, I mean, Nishikori, Chilich, you know, I'd expect Federer to beat all of these people still if if he's anywhere close to his best.
1: Do you agree, Simon?
3: Yeah, I mean, the guy's not won a tournament this year, um, so he's not in a familiar place. So it, it is it is a great unknown quantity. I don't think he's going to make his meeting with Novak. That's my hunch. I'm not saying that I'm really basing that on an awful lot. I didn't really watch much of him in Halle. You know, we were, we were pretty busy at Queen's, So um, I just have a hunch that this is not going to be a great run for him after the, the horrible year of injuries and illness that he's had.
1: So besides Roger Federer potentially not reaching, are you saying potentially not reaching the second week? Is that what you're saying? Um,
3: Yeah, I think so. I think um, maybe fourth round, but best.
1: Besides potentially predicting Roger Federer not to make second week or not to go deep into second week, are we foreseeing any other potential big upsets on the men's side? I'm going to throw out there Stan Wawrinka, who faces Taylor Fritz in the first round. I'm not necessarily predicting a loss to Taylor Fritz, but he would then potentially face Del Potro in the second round, and it doesn't really get much easier for him after that. He's got Vidasco, Delpo atomic lurking in that section i foresee potential issues for him i saw him on the practice court on wednesday and he looked about as unhappy as i've ever seen somebody look on a practice court it, it didn't look particularly pretty to me there's no i mean yes he's had a few days practice since then but all was not well for, from what i could see he wasn't he hadn't found any kind of groove on the grass
2: interesting well first of all let's just uh, be very clear i think simon is absolutely wrong about roger federer going out in the first wimbledon well uh- so I, so I think, I, I, I think he's. I go. think he's going to the semis. What do you think, Catherine?
1: I think he's going to the semis as well. Okay, there we are. Uh, right, so
2: there's one argument we're going to have later in the week. Um, Stan Wawrinka. You just never. Stan Vavrinka, you just never know what you're going to get from the guy, do you? Because he he came into the French Open last year frankly not in the greatest shape not in the greatest form he ended up winning the thing and he has got Richard Krejcik with him I've just seen him a few moments ago I, they, they're going to have been working hard and working on strategy and and I think that the, the best of five set thing is a huge element to, to these tournaments you get time to play your way in the chances of somebody bombing out Stan Varenka early on OK, I know Taylor Fritz is a real talent and there are, there are people with big games in that section, but you'd have to play a heck of a game to knock somebody out over the best, five, best of five sets. Vavrinka has a chance to find that groove and, and I, think, I still think he probably will. How far, how far he'll go is another matter. I'm, I'm not convinced he will reach his semi-final seeding, though.
1: Simon, thoughts on Vavrinka and any other potential upsets?
2: Well, you say he looked grumpy on the practice court. I can
3: tell you he looked extremely grumpy at the WTA player party on, on uh, Thursday night when he was uh, sort of the only kind of arm candy in the room, uh, having having turned up with uh, his, his partner, Donna Vekic. Um, so uh, maybe it's just a bad week for him. I don't know. <laughs> maybe he's just, he just needs um, a, a bit of a, a, of a massage or something. But uh, the... The other one that I think in the first round, Dominic Team has got a bit of a horror there against Florian Mayer, who won uh, Halle. I mean, Team may not sound like a, a world-famous name, but he's, he's the number eight seed. He's, has he won more matches this year than Djokovic? I think he might have done. I think he's won an absolutely lorry load of matches this year. I, I
1: think he surpassed him in Halle, yeah.
3: So it's, so it's kind of Austria v Germany. It's, it's a sort of Euros clash, and it, I think that could go either way.
1: Right then, let's talk about the women's draw. I'm just going to read out, like I did with the men's, what the projected quarterfinals are in the women's side.
0: One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
2: Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right.
1: Do you might argue that these are probably even less likely to uh, to necessarily happen than in the men's side, such is... The, uh, the level of surprise uh, in the women's game at the moment. But according to the seedings, what we would have is Serena Williams against Roberta Vinci, Agnieszka Radvanska against Belinda Bencic. Bencic, of course, who's barely played any tennis this year, sadly. Angelique Kerber against Simona Halep and Garbina Muguruza against Venus Williams. Simon, David, is Serena Williams the favourite for this Wimbledon title?
2: I think she is the favourite just I think this is the the first time in however many years you know you're going back many years that it's the first time when she hasn 't felt like a really clear overwhelming favorite so you You could make a very convincing argument this year that that she doesn't feel like the favorite. I think she just about is because she 's the one who keeps on winning it and has and and I think is still the best player in the world when a game is absolutely on, but I think that there are little cracks appearing in in her aura um that certainly in terms it's a, it's a little bit like when people started to beat federer and started to beat nadal and you just started to think well actually they're, they're they're human aren't they and and she has had some losses that you just you would never have fathomed beforehand this this last six to eight months and I think the rise of Garbini Muguruza. It was a fascinating piece that you wrote with with her interview with her Simon the other day. Um, that she she feels that she's the best player in the world as Muguruza. I think she may not be as brazen to just come out and say it, but I think she believes that her best tennis beats everybody as well. Makes for a fascinating contrast. To that I'd love to see that that in the final.
1: Simon, if you Serena the favourite Muguruza. The narrow second favourite.
3: I wish I'd asked her that now, David. I should have said to you, Garbina, do you feel you're the best player in the world? That would have been a good question, wouldn't it?
1: For me, she certainly has the demeanour of somebody that that feels that way. I I can definitely see where David's coming from. I'm I'm sure she would have batted that question away had you asked her. But she behaves and carries herself like somebody that sees herself as, if not the best now, then very soon to be the best in the world
3: she's really got the package, hasn't she? I mean, just everything about her her composure, even the stealing people like me who are kind of scurrying around trying to trying to get feature profiles out of her. she's really assured um very kind of approachable, but at the same time, she's got that little bit of a of a perspex wall that she just keeps up and actually. You know, I like that in a player. I think that, that is something that you need to, to to be in this world and to be a a real world-beater because you're going to be doing this every day and you can't afford to give too much.
1: It's, it's no coincidence that all the great champions do seem to have that perspex wall, is it? That, that That is a trait that seems to run through them all. And, you know,
3: she's pretty young to have to have developed that. Um, you know, I, I wrote that, you know, Azarenka was the last woman we thought might do this, but Azarenka's body is not stood up to the... the grind of the tour Uh, you know whether Muguruza has any physical frailties you just look at her and she looks easy doesn't she she does make it look easy easy power uh, covers a lot of ground with those long legs just seems to have a low heartbeat on the court just you know everything about her is saying I'm the one.
1: Hard to argue with that do you see either of you any major major upsets I'm sure the answer to this is yes the thing with with women's tennis at the moment what's making it so exciting is you feel almost certain that there will be upsets it's just where on earth they'll come from is is really any anybody's guess but I'm going to ask you to guess anyway David well
2: the thing is as much as as one can write up about Muguruza's potential for winning this title or going all the way you can also look at her draw and think crikey there are threats there she plays Camilla Georgie in the first round and Georgie, on any given day, can can give people a nightmare because she's just going to go for broke on every single shot. And if she starts to fire, she can take the rhythm of Magarutha away. Magarutha likes to carry herself around the court in this really regal and relaxed and composed manner. And, and Georgie's the complete opposite. She's jumping around. She wants to be ever so quick between the points. She wants to absolutely belt every single ball as though she hates the ball. And... Uh, that that could be interesting, but the problem is Georgie misses too too often. There are other players like Lucy Safarova in a potential third-round match for Muguruza um, who, who could cause her problems. It would be fantastic, I think, if Venus Williams could come through and end up meeting Muguruza in the quarters. I, I mean, I always feel a little bit I don't want to say biased, but I always feel like I lean towards Venus Williams in the draws these days because I want to see her have one last big run. I think it would be really special.
1: It's very similar emotions and feelings as much of the tennis world have about Roger Federer, isn't it? People have the same sentiment towards Venus. We've got to treasure her while well. she's there, appreciate the fact that she's still out there and doing what she's doing. Simon. am I like,
3: I think I might contest that. Given the selfishness of media people, you see, we've we've stopped having that feeling about Venus Williams because she keeps blowing off her press conferences.
1: I think she has a feeling that I've, she's said everything she has to say. I mean, that, I've, I've heard her say that before. You know, I just have nothing left to say. I've been doing this for 20 years. I mean, I'm sure she does have things left to say, but I can certainly understand why yeah, because- she feels that exhaustion with talking about herself do, i do suppose you know,
2: if, if players have been around long enough they no longer have to fulfill the commitments of entering the same amount of <laughs> tournaments so maybe maybe there should be a new rule that says venus williams given you've been out here for 68 years you no longer have to actually do the press conferences that's a new a new rule maybe, for maybe, venus maybe every other press conference
3: will yeah. oh, that be okay yeah that's fine <laughs>
1: Simon, a word from you on... We've had some interesting champions on the women's side to the, to the pre-Wimbledon warm-up events. A word perhaps on, on Madison Keys, a champion in Birmingham, Carolina Plushkova, who really should be making an impact on the grass. Are either of those two contenders here?
3: Plushkova, I'd, I'd never seen that sort of belief from her. I mean, I, she, she did really well to get to the final of Eastbourne. I mean, talking about Muguruza, that's... The contrast there, isn't it? I mean, Poliskova has got a big game, great serve. Led led the WTA Aces uh, chart last year, but doesn't come across as a woman who either sort of really scraps for it or really believes in herself. So don't see her doing anything particularly dramatic. Keys, yeah, I mean, she's got um, weapons coming out of her ears, hasn't she? So if she gets on a roll,
2: absolutely could go very deep. Um, and I don't know, I mean, she's got a... But the thing is, she could just as easily lose in the first round to Laura Sigmund. Yeah. I mean, I, I love watching Madison Keys. She's another one that I feel that, you know, she's almost... <laughs> the female Grigor Dimitrov to some degree on this podcast because you know what this person is capable of and you're waiting, you're just hoping that that she can fulfil her potential. And there are signs this year that it's starting to happen. But like I said, I saw Laura Laura Sigmund uh, get to the final in Stuttgart earlier this year. She rushes players, she causes them difficulties. If she's fit, she could cause keys difficulties.
1: We put up the hashtag, my week one Wimbledon cracker. A few contributions from our tennis podcast listeners. Joel Newnham at New Joel says, Conta versus Puig. Conta's grass form has been excellent, lately, and Puig is an outstanding player, often gives seeds some trouble. Conta could have her work cut out for her, couldn't she, in this first round clash?
3: I think it's a tough draw, but I was pretty impressed with Conta in Eastbourne. And I'll back her to win that one. Um, Bouchard potentially second round. That would be a, a popcorn match, wouldn't it?
2: You did not just say that. You did not just say on an English Well oh, I'm sorry.
3: I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been,
1: Simon <laughs> Briggs, ladies and gentlemen, in his last appearance on the tennis podcast.
3: I've been reading too many tweets, you see. I, it, it programs you, all, all those American tennis writers. And Brad Gilbert even. Actually, I've unfollowed him. He just tweets too much. It's absurd. <laughs>
1: Is it because he used phrases like popcorn match?
3: No, no, it was just purely the, the volume. It was just like a, like a kind of waterfall. It just eclipsed everything else. It was actually like like the rain last week, you know. There was nothing left by the time you
2: finished tweeting. Well, My timeline was gone. I, I thought I was really clever because I, I was going to tell Brad that I was going to unfollow him and then I realised he blocked me. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently for giving him too much stick on uh, about his nickname. So this was, but he, he then unblocked me after Catherine. Just sort I, of I, held, I tackled
1: held, him on it yeah, in a tennis she, podcast yeah. interview. I said, what are you playing at, Brad?
2: So she sort of held out the, <laughs> the olive branch for me and <laughs> we're friends again.
1: Other, my week one, Wimbledon crackers that have been picked out. Tavon, at Tavon MUFC, suggesting a Man United fan, which is a shame. But he or she picks out, (laughs) they pick out Caroline Wozniacki versus Fetlana Kuznetsova. Two former top 10 players going head to head should be a cracker. Yeah, it
2: should be interesting. But, you know, the mmm that Simon Briggs has just given suggests to me that he thinks that Caroline (laughs) Wozniacki is maybe not the player she once was. She certainly had injury problems of late. And Koznetsova just keeps on going, doesn't she? I mean, she's been around for such a long time. I, 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 I I think it could be a really long, arduous match, actually, that because... They're just going to grind each other into the turf. The the courts that are looking absolutely green and pristine out here at the moment, they're not going to look very good on that court after those two have been cutting it all up.
3: I'm sorry. I mean, uh, speaking of Twitter, I mean, if you follow Wozniacki's Twitter feed, does she think she's a tennis player anymore? Or does she think she's moved into high fashion and, and modelling? Because <laughs> they're, they're, there's not, mu- not too many tennis rackets on there these days.
1: She's certainly got a lot going on, hasn't she? And uh, yes, yeah, she tweets a lot of pictures of herself in the gym, working hard, all of, all of that as well. But, you know, distractions do happen. I think it, it remains to be seen. She has been
2: injured. She has been quite badly injured over the last uh, few months, to be fair to her. So she's not been able to play an awful lot of tennis but uh you know it it feels like she is on a bit of a downward curve and I'm not sure she's going to be able to arrest that anytime soon certainly I'm not on this surface I don't think this is necessarily a place that she's she has played that well in the past but you know it is only two years ago of course that she reached the US Open final so maybe uh, maybe it'll come again
1: the order of play for Monday is out. Centre court will feature the defending champion, Novak Djokovic, taking on Brit James Ward. Then we've got that cracking matchup Camilla Giorgi against Garbino Muguruza. and then Roger Federer, seven time champion against Argentina's Guido Pella. Court won. Venus Williams against Donna Vekic, Sam Groth, and Kay Nishikori. And then Laura Robson against Angelique Kerber. Nightmare draw for Laura Robson. Coming back, the long term comeback from that wrist injury, and then the thigh injury. Uh, while well, she was trying to qualify up in Nottingham, just a real shame for her to get such a nightmare of a draw. Court 2, Kyle Edmund, Adrian Manorino, Laura Siegmund, Madison Keys, Pablo Corona-Buster and Milos Raonic and then Simona Halep, who we haven't even mentioned, in fact, against uh, anna Carolina Schmidlover. Any other thoughts, David and Simon? Yeah,
2: 15 British players in the draw. Is that mm-hmm. right, Simon Briggs? Yeah, that'll be the
3: highest since 2006. But the better statistic is that eight of them made it without a wild card, which is the highest since '85.
0: Yeah.
1: How many are making it to round two? Then just a number.
3: Well, we had. A, I think we've had a pretty shocking lot of draws. Um, so maybe uh, four at best.
2: And to be honest, I th- I don't actually think it's that significant how many people make it from here. I think the the, the pleasing stat is just the number that are in the draw as you said, on their own right, either their ranking or, or the guy who's qualified, at least it's moving in the right direction, isn't it?
3: Yeah, and I think two factors, uh, Andy Murray winning Wimbledon, as Naomi Brody said in Paris very directly, that has got everybody going. And uh, you, you and I have spoken about this a lot, not on the podcast, David, but privately, the, uh, the, the cutting of funding. I think it's actually helped people. And I've, I wrote pieces quoting players last year saying we're really unhappy about it. Um, I gave them that that, that platform and uh, discussed it, but in the end, it, it's, it's actually making them take responsibility for themselves, and so I do agree with you, David, whether I was right or wrong to print the pieces, I agree with you that it's probably been a smart move.
2: And, and you know, just to, a very small example of of that, I mean, I know it's very easy to simplify all background and, and having to fight for things and so forth, but... Boris Becker gave a fascinating interview on the BBC last week when he was kind of off duty at Queens. He 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 was there for the day and he sat for twenty five minutes and he was talking about Djokovic and and saying that in his view Djokovic just wants it more than anybody and when you look where what he's had to do in his life to, to get to this point, it's perhaps no surprise that that, that, that he's fought harder for it and, and appreciated it more and I think maybe it's it's oversimplifying it to say that for everybody but you know there are certain players that seems to have seem to have more hunger and it doesn't seem a great coincidence that more often than not that there are people who have had it handed to them on a plate
1: yeah i i definitely agree with that very very well said there remains only one thing to do on this Wimbledon 2016 preview tennis podcast and that's to pin your colours to the mast who is winning this championship men and women
3: well I always say Andy Murray will win I don't know I think it's just like I just want him to win so I'm going to say Andy Murray's going to win again
2: I'm going to be wrong again and the women's um Margarita. David I'll go with Serena Williams and Andy Murray
1: and I'm presenting, so I don't have to do predictions. No one wants to hear them anyway. They're completely irrelevant. Oh. Uh, actually, I, I just don't i don't know. Come on. Come on, get on with it. I'm going to go for Andy Murray, and I'm going to go for...
2: <laughs> we can't all have gone for Andy Murray.
3: Did you just say Andy Murray?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'll go for Milos Raonic. <laughs> There is a part of me that thinks that Milos Raonic can really no, win no, this thing. Novak
2: Djokovic is the best player in the world. He's won four majors in a
1: row. Okay, I'm going to go for Novak Djokovic because you'd be a fool not to, and uh, I'll go for Garbina Muguruza because I think she's only millimeters behind Serena Williams. I agree. I agree with you that she is the favourite. She has to be, but I think Muguruza is millimeters behind her so why in you don't you go those terms. Serena Williams then? Because uh, I've learned not to, David, around these parts. I've learned not to predict serenely. I don't know. I just don't know. I think this is a really exciting one. I, th- I think Novak Djokovic could um, serenely march through this draw and win every match in straight sets and, and do the same at the US Open in the Olympics and, and win everything. Or I, I, I think there's a very real, real risk that there could be a bit of a French Open lull. I have no idea. <laughs> so I'm going to just predict the favourites. To win the title. We are the tennis podcast. We'll be coming to you every day of this championships. David will be broadcasting for five live. I'll be presenting for live at Wimbledon and Simon will be writing for the telegraph. Please do tune in and thank you for listening.